Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of The Grund of 2023. Kirk and Anthony here. Kirk, who's your favorite Batman villain? The Scarecrow. Oh, I I mean I knew that, but like I was kind of hoping you'd say the Riddler cuz uh can you can you just say the Riddler? The Riddler. Well, good news. We have some very uh, Riddler-themed things today because we have a whole bunch of questions. I mean, they're not really riddles, um, <laughs> but, you know, he's got question marks on his suit, right? So It's true. So that's kind of related to what we're talking about. We're doing a Q&A episode. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, you guys sent in questions, and now we're going to answer them. So I hope you're all excited. Kirk, are you excited? I am excited. This is a good way to ring in the new year. Uh, we've been doing this show now, technically for over a year, bringing it back uh, in this form. But uh, we started doing it on a more regular basis uh, at the beginning of last year. So this is a good way to uh, to mark that anniversary of such sort of kind of yeah i guess that's true um but before we get into the questions we have to do the thing that the podcast is truly about and that is talk about some movies that we have seen so mm -hmm. uh recently on i think on the last episode maybe possibly you talked about the banshees of any sheeran right yes i did the, uh colin farrell film and the uh, mad eye moody what's his name something gleason <laughs> brendan gleason Brendan Gleeson, that's it. Um, yeah, so I watched this film. Ah, this is a weird fucking movie. Mm -hmm. And not like a weird, like, whoa, like really trippy film. Like, it's just, um, I don't know. It's like, okay, I get it, right? It's a civil war. Like, that's that's the that's the point there's the there's a civil war going on in the background of the film meanwhile there is a civil war going on between people who used to be friends you know it's mm -hmm. it's it i get it right but it's still just a weird movie where a guy goes to a pub every day and gets pissy about how his friend doesn't like him anymore and then it gets really like i don't know it goes places and I wasn't expecting it to go to those places. <laughs> so that was interesting to me. Yeah. Weird. I liked it, but it was weird. Yeah. Um, I had a sort of a similar reaction to you when I saw it, because I, I think I talked about how much I liked it um, on the last episode or whenever that was. Um, but truth be told, when it ended, like I had people with me that were like, that was amazing. That was fantastic. Like turned to me straight away. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I, like I needed to process it a little bit. And like now, now that it's been a, few weeks since i've seen it i definitely can say i really liked it um i mean i, I kind of loved it there's i laughed a lot during the film so i had a really good time watching it and when it gets yeah. really serious and dark i mean that stuff is really effective too martin mcdonough's films can be kind of hard to talk about because he often mixes genres he mixes comedy with like really bleak really dark subject matter and yeah. um i really love in bruges but i don't love Three Billboards, which is... And I, I like that film, but people, again, when that came out, people were like, oh, best film of the year. That's my screenplay, you know, Oscar winner that'll be, and, and it didn't, but... Um, <laughs> but like, right. I'm one of those people. I, I yeah. do love Three Billboards. Yeah. I, I get the, the idea where it's like some of these movies, you, you either click or you don't in a yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. So I experienced back in 2017 what you're sort of experiencing now, I guess, of like people really talking up this film. And not being as in love with it as everyone else. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, a film like that can be divisive, but uh, but still really loved and really critically acclaimed. And um, 
I mean, it's not my favourite film of the year, and I don't think it should be the best picture winner at the Oscars or anything, but I think it'll wind up being a pretty successful film uh, award season-wise. Yeah, true. There there are shots in this movie where um, Colin Farrell looks like Sam Rockwell. I think it's his hair. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the things he does with his eyebrows in certain shots. I mean, they're, they're kind of similar actors. Like, if you need, mm-hmm. you need something to get done with range... Yeah, one of these guys, and apparently that's what this director does. So I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, well, one of his films, one of McDonald's films that people don't really talk about as much, and I don't think is as appreciated, is uh, Seven Psychopaths. Where great film. Yeah, yeah, I love that film. And again, I was talking about this with someone recently, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, that that film's okay, but it's not as good as these other ones." And I was like, "Oh, I think that film's <laughs> just as good." So yeah, but again, it wasn't as um, like critically acclaimed or like award season acclaimed as uh as mm. in bruges or banshees or three billboards so uh but yeah i would like to see colin farrell and sam rockwell work together again because they were a fun duo yeah they always turn in a good performance so that's appreciated mm-hmm. um yeah well did you see any other films that you'd like to to, to speak on for 2022 yeah i guess since we're putting down films that people love um i saw the faithful ones <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you literally started this before this. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this. And yeah, here you are. Oh my goodness! I guess just like let's just give people more reason to tune out. Um, no, I liked the Fablemans, but uh, I didn't love the Fablemans, and okay. I I thought uh, it just felt a little self indulgent to me. Um, like you know, this fake biopic about Steven Spielberg, directed by Steven Spielberg, was a little self indulgent. Correct. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, there's elements of it that I, I really like. A lot of the performances are very good, and um, I found the little techniques that uh, Teenage Spielberg used. He's got a different name, but I can't remember what it was, so he's just Spielberg. Uh, Spielberg used, like, in his youth, those were really fun. Punching a, a pinhole through film uh, to make it look like a, a gun is going off. Uh, that's really smart. But again, he frames this in a way that's like, wasn't I so frickin' smart as a kid? And I just can't help but feel like, <laughs> you shouldn't be making this film, sir. Um, yeah. But uh, but it was it was good. Um, the last shot of the film made me laugh a lot. It's one of those things where when you hear people talk up and talk up a film as the greatest thing they've ever heard, and you were just kind of like, eh, it's fine on it, it kind of makes you dislike the film a lot. Uh, which yeah, isn't that's fair. Yeah, it's not a fair thing to think in the film. But like again, when people are just saying this is the best thing ever, this is the best thing ever, and you don't feel that way, it just kind of makes you think that you hate it more than you actually do. And I think if yeah, I were to... it yeah, it's fair for like to for that for someone to have like a human reaction that way. It's not fair <laughs> to the film. I should no, say. but yeah, yeah, it's it's a reasonable sort of like human thing to be like, well, this is never going to be my expectations now. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I weirdly went to an advanced screening of it. That wasn't weird. What was weird is that there was like two other people there, and uh, it... Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Rogen. Yeah, th- th- those were it. Um, yeah, it's weird that a Spielberg film, just general public-wise, has such little hype and buzz. Because um, again, this was an advanced yeah. screening. I also saw Banshees in an advanced screening, and that was packed. Uh, I guess the other film I'll talk about briefly is a film called After Sun, 
uh, which is also, we're late in the year, everybody, and early in the next year, which means it's award season time, which means all of these films are getting released and talked about a lot, so <laughs> Nature of the Beast. But uh, I really, really liked this film a lot. It's about a guy who goes on vacation with his daughter, and uh, the guy is like in his mid-twenties, maybe early twenties, and his daughter is like seven or eight years old, or maybe she's a little bit older, actually. She probably is older, come to think of it. But um, yeah, and it's uh, about their holiday at this resort. And uh, the daughter uh, is filming a lot of stuff on a camcorder, because I think it's set in the 90s. And uh, I, I won't say more than that, but it's just a really creative way, I thought, of framing something... Uh, in a way that you look back at things being different to what they were, um, using, like, recorded footage. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really interesting film. Like, not a lot happens in it. Halfway through, I was thinking, okay, why are people talking about this film so much? What's, what's going on? And then you get to the <laughs> end and you go, oh, wow, okay, that hit me a lot harder than I expected. And, uh, right. yeah, just a very, very solid film. Paul Mascal, he's the lead, and... Uh, I saw him in Normal People, and uh, he was great in that. And these are both very similar roles. He just got cast in the uh, Gladiator sequel oh. that is being made for some reason. <laughs> Ridley Scott's making Gladiator 2. Good lord. Uh, so I guess he'll be different in that. But uh, yeah, he's really good in this, and uh, he's a really good actor that is just sort of come out of nowhere, for me anyway. Uh, but yeah, very good film. All right. Well, I saw uh, a couple of good films uh, since the, uh, the last time we recorded, one of them being uh, a film that went straight to Netflix, which was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Did you see Pinocchio, Kirk? I sure did. One of the, the 50 Pinocchio films. This was, this was funny because uh, T- Tom Kenny was in this one, as well as that Polly Shore one. Did you, did you realize that? <laughs> no. Who did Tom Kenny play? So, okay, there, there's a point in which, and this isn't spoiling anything too major because it's Pinocchio. Obviously, Geppetto at one point needs to go out into the sea to be swallowed by Monstro. Mm. The the fisherman that goes with him is voiced oh. by Tom Kenny. Um, and I think he plays a couple of other like background characters too. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he played Geppetto in that 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 Pinocchio movie with Polly Shore that got memed on pretty hard earlier this year where he's like, father, that one. So, it, it, you know, Tom Kenny and Pinocchio just go hand in hand, I guess. But uh, this movie was great, honestly. This was, I think I, I'd said, like a, a perfect film for Del Toro fans, and I think that's exactly what it is. It's this sort of, like, dark but very sincere kind of, in, in a sense, miserable, but at the same time very joyous and happy. It's like... Mm-hmm finding these little shining glimpses of hope in the darkest of places. Like that is really what his films feel like. And this is absolutely no different. So it's like, as soon as you see his name on it, it, it you watch the film, you're like, Oh, right. Of course. Then this <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, it keeps up his Gothic flair, del Toro's Gothic flair really well uh, in a story that otherwise is about standing up for yourself and standing up against uh, bad things and, and it still manages to be really fun and have a lot of heart. And uh, all of the performances are really good. The uh, animation is excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, all, all the actors in this are really good. I really liked Ewan McGregor as uh, the cricket, Sebastian J. Cricket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was great. Yeah, and like a, a lot of people, like Kate Blanchett was the voice of the monkey. 
I mean, good for her. She'll just work with uh, Del Toro, I guess. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, I like it straight away. I'm like, oh, that's Ron Perlman. And like, you know, you hear yeah, certain voices that you expect to hear. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good actors in it. Looking up the cast, I'm seeing that Tom Kenny also voiced Mussolini. <laughs> yes, so. this this is a Pinocchio story that that features a lot of uh, like Nazi imagery, fascist Italy, and yeah. Mussolini, and uh, Jesus is a lot more prominent in this version than I've yes. ever seen before. I'm not an expert on Pinocchio. I'm not like a huge fan of the original Disney film. Like, it, it's something you appreciate and you like because it's historical, right? But I'm not like, sure. oh yeah, top ten Pinocchio. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. So uh, this one has way more Jesus. And way more death and, yeah, way more fascism than I've yes. ever seen in a Pinocchio story. But it works, you know? I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily think, like, you know what this movie needs? Mussolini. Mussolini. But it really works. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I, I don't go out of my way to watch a ton of animated films. It's not like a conscious choice, but I just don't. And uh, I know I've seen the Disney Pinocchio, the original Disney Pinocchio, but I couldn't tell you anything about it, really. I'm sure I saw it as a kid, but it's not stuck in my brain. Um, I definitely didn't see the uh, the film this year with uh, uh, Tom Hanks as Geppetto. The Robert Zemeckis one. Robert Zemeckis no, one, I yeah. Skipped that. A Robert Zemeckis-Tom Hanks uh, collaboration that I have no interest in is a, is a weird place, but I'm living in it. Yeah. Well, it's his fault, so That's true. I, I'm not going to hold any of that blame. <laughs> what else did you see <laughs> um the last film that i wanted to talk about was a film i literally watched yesterday last night it is the menu starring uh ralph the ray finds uh the second best beast and the future princess <laughs> peach and your tale of joy why you gotta and... call them like that what do you mean what's up go ahead i'm not wrong technically and you saw this film, correct? I did. Uh, yes. This is a this, this was a good film. Mm-hmm. I I knew nothing about this movie going in. Um, I knew that you had talked about it, but I really didn't know a whole lot about it. And uh, golly, this was a fun time. And it's another weird movie. It's not. It's a different kind of weird than Banshees. Um, it's it's a lot more, I guess, like cleaner and quirkier than than banshees is like there's some really fun ways like uh because obviously being called the menu you know food is involved and there's a lot of courses and the like presentation of the courses i thought is really funny and it's interesting it's another funny dark kind of movie and um it's a it's a, a film that that ray and i really like where it's sort of like just it it drops you into the scenario but it gives you enough clues to understand what's going on mm-hmm. you know there's not a whole setup of like all these characters you know being introduced and like setting up uh the the situation that they're in like you know that that can be handled well but i really like that we just sort of boom start off with these characters being thrust into a thing and we're given all these little details and all these little clues and all these various little things where you go oh okay and you pay attention and you recognize what's happening with it so um not my favorite film of the year by any means but i was uh, thoroughly entertained while watching it so i'm glad that i I checked it out yeah it was definitely one of my favorites of the year uh i found it really really fun Uh, i saw this with a friend and i think there was like three other people in the cinema tops and uh like we were laughing constantly and i don't know if the other three people were 
Um, so I don't know if this will necessarily be for everybody, but the humor was certainly uh, my sense of humor. There were points of the film where, uh, like, I would do like the Rick Dalton point because, uh, like, in the background, <laughs> uh, you could just see Nicholas Holt like eating his food or like really enjoying what was happening as something really terrible was happening in front of us, uh, or like yeah. people were really distressed or what have you, and. Um, you just, like, you wonder what's going on and then things get clearer as the film continues, progresses. But, uh, yeah, I found it really, really fun. Uh, I thought it was a really good satire. And, uh, I mean, little things like the dishes, when they'd show them and they'd bring up, like, the the menu-style, like, font and titles like you would in, like, a cooking show. Uh, Little touches like that I just thought were genius and uh, really fun. And everyone's really good in it. That Anya Taylor-Joy is in a lot of good movies, and uh, she's great. And, I mean, same with uh, Nicholas Holt. I mean, he's kind of... I mean, like you said, like he's the second best beast, but, um, like, he's a really good character actor. Like, they did a big disservice to him as beast. He could have done a lot more, and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you look yeah, at... Yeah, he's really good in this. Yeah, this and The Favourite and Mad Max, and it's like, oh, man, this guy's really funny, and he's he's got a lot of charisma, and uh, they could have done more with his beast. His beast is so bland in uh, in yeah. hindsight, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the menu. Good film. <laughs> Other people could have done better with beast. That's, I guess, all I'll say. But I guess that's all we sort of have for the movies we watched. You guys came to hear your questions answered. So, Kirk, let's just go ahead and uh, get into the questions. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, first question is from Frank at I Want My TV Now on Twitter. This is a question, a series of questions for me, and uh, well, you know, I'll just try to get through these decently. Uh, so, his first question: Do you think McFarland would touch '90s movies Batman? Uh, to which I would say, yeah. I, I, I mean at least the keaton stuff you know um it's obviously a lot of a of a a lesser chance for them to do the the schumacher era of films but the burton stuff definitely i i don't see why not right so i would have said that he definitely would have uh, mcfarlane definitely would have tackled that stuff if we were getting all the michael keaton stuff that we like films that we thought we were going to (laughs) get it would have been like a no-brainer yeah but yeah and I, i think people just as you know People have come around on the prequels, the Star Wars prequels and things like that. People have come around a bit on uh, Batman Forever. So I think uh, yeah. with hot toys and pop figures and things like that being made, I think there'll come a time where we get a pretty good uh, Val Kilmer figure. I know this wasn't a question for me, but that's just what I think. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he also asks, what would you like to see from your favorite toy brands? Um, I would say better quality control. That has been something that's been slipping <laughs> over the past few years, and I think that needs to be fixed. That's all. Um, what brand should update and improve? All of them. What the why? Why? Why not have them all improve? You know, like if there's room for improvement, then fucking do it. Like nothing stands out as like a glaring issue right now necessarily, but I mean, yeah, that's just a general statement. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay uh well as we mentioned you know you you had some specific questions from frank as well so let me go ahead and grab those kirk how is the best way to walk away from a friendship even though you love that person like what are the steps to take a step back without completely seeming like you don't love them with all your heart uh 
<laughs> or if you'd like, are you excited about Dune 2? Oh, I'm so excited about Dune 2. Okay, great. Yeah. I, I didn't see the first Dune, so. You know, Dune's a great film. You should, uh, you guys should check that out. It's a good film. I should. I just, I just never got around to it. Um, okay, so, at the real spoopies asks me specifically do you think it's time for mattel to upgrade the wwe figure design or is it fine um i mean i think it works for what it is that's the thing about like wrestling toys is they need to have a certain style to them because they're wrestling toys so like kids are going to be throwing them and smashing them and doing all sorts of wacky stuff so like they can they can't really be the same as other toys they kind of have to have their own style and and feel um yeah also i don't collect wwe figures so that doesn't affect me um what movie show brand needs a toy line and what company would be the best for that line um golly i mean there's everyone's got toys nowadays like kirk i don't know if you know this but like almost every company is making ninja turtles toys right now (laughs) i i am aware of this actually uh it's ridiculous yeah I have one Ninja Turtles figure, and he's packed away right now. I, I don't have him on display, but I got a really cool-looking Leo figure at a convention years ago. I couldn't tell you what company made it. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but he's a cool figure. And, yeah, if I wanted to... I know there's that one guy on YouTube who has, like, an amazing collection of Leo figures. I could never reach that. But uh, if I wanted to, I could certainly make a, a decent try with just the film, the figures that are coming out now. So pretty crazy you're you're honestly not wrong there's no shortage of turtles figures so yeah i don't know uh i I mean there's there's so many options i guess no because i i I think it's tough and it's like no that has figures everyone's got figures there's no need for more figures how about less how about (laughs) how about no more figures (laughs) no more figures just stop toys r us died for a reason i'm gonna max them off this bitch all right we're done (laughs) no more crossovers Okay, uh, <laughs> no one's going to get that. Too bad. So, once again, this is for you specifically. Mm. What are your, this is from Real Spoopies, what are your top five picks from your movie collection? Not necessarily your favorite movies, but if you had to pick five of your comfort movies or movies you'd throw uh, on to relax, what would they be? I swear to God, if you list your favorite movies, I'll scream. I'm not asking for those. Okay. Comfort movies. Uh, one of these is one of my favorite movies, um, but uh, it's so <laughs> t- too fucking bad. But um, actually, no, all, all of these are movies that I love. Obviously, if, if I'm going to put them on, then they're going to be uh, movies that I love. Um, sure. But, uh, I mean, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, like, I love. That's a comfort film for me. That always is just like a, ah, like, it takes me back to being a kid and also when there was less of the superhero stuff. And uh, and also it's just a super fun movie about a character and a world that I like. So that is definitely one. Totally. Uh, one that I quote, as do you, uh, constantly. Um, <laughs> I, I was literally thinking about, yes, Enrique, okay, I get you. Just <laughs> randomly before we started the call. So, like, yeah. Miss Watson, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is one of my very favorite films, but uh, The Apartment is one of those for me as well. It's uh, such a fun movie and a series. I should spec- uh, clarify. To me, a comfort movie does not have to be like a rom-com or something silly or lighthearted or fun. Like, it can be something more serious. Like, films just make you feel a certain way. 
like terrible terribly like dark films can can bring you joy too so you right. know um but the apartment is i mean that's a comedy but there's certainly some dark themes in it and uh and i love that film and that's just sort of takes me back to when i uh was kind of trying to watch classics and like what are the what are the great films from the past that people talk about and this was one one of the first that i put on and i uh loved it so the apartment is one uh i guess in that similar train uh rope is one of those for me alfred hitchcock's rope uh when, okay so like rear window is my favorite hitchcock film but rope is uh a film that i watched when i first started studying film in high school and high school is from uh, 7th grade to 12th grade in Australia and so I think film class started when I was in ninth grade just to paint a picture um, oh. and uh, it was a film that we studied because uh, or at least watched I don't think we studied it in terms of having to write papers on it and what have you but we watched it because it's a one continuous take film it's one setting it's only a small group of characters it's uh, it, I believe it was based on a play and it's one continuous take um, and so there's this sense of, again, nostalgia for me, like watching that, because it's, again, when I started studying films and, and learning about films and taking, like, my movie watching seriously or whatever. Um, and also, it's just a really great film, and I'm a big Jimmy Stewart fan, and uh, uh, I love watching him. And uh, you, there's this murder that takes place in the first few seconds of the film, and the body is in the room as a party goes on throughout the evening and there's this constant sense of uh dread or excitement or whatever you want to feel at uh at these people being found out and um yeah so i mean i love watching that that's a comfort film for me uh, a film that i've watched every year since its release i think i worked out recently is the nice guys Oh, okay. Uh, the Shane Black film. Uh, not all of Shane Black stuff yeah. is is my thing. I think he can be a little bit of an incel at times. But uh, I really like uh, the Nice Guys. Ryan Gosling's performance is hilarious. Russell Crowe's good in it as well. And uh, uh, that's a, just a fun murder mystery. Um, it's very silly at times, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those movies where it's like talking to Ray, where it's like, oh, we got to watch that at some point. Yes. You know, it's it's on it's a permanently on the list kind of movie <laughs> until we eventually watch it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a really good film. Did I have a number I had to give? How many films, or was it just some? Um, it may have been five, but five? who knows? Well, that was four. Uh... Um, okay. Well, th this one is a lot more of like a warm, fuzzy kind of film. Uh, when Harry Met Sally is like a really good comfort film. It's uh, a good movie. Yeah, it's a good rom com. It's, it's probably like the best rom com of all time, really. Um, and again, it's like a, kind of like a warm, fuzzy movie. It's just the time of year that, uh, majority of the film takes place or it takes place over s several years, but a lot of it takes place over Christmas and New Year's time. Um, it's a good mm -hmm. New Year's movie for, you know, this time next year, if you want to pop in a movie. <laughs> um, Mark it on your calendar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great film. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Well, there you go. Those were all of Frank's questions answered so we can move on to, uh, everyone else. Thank you, Frank, for, for writing in. Thank you, Frank. So, next question we have here is from Instagram. It is from uh, Tames Collection. Um, this is one of those people. I've, I I talked to him on Instagram. He's a good guy. He's got uh, some some good photos on there. Mm -hmm. I've never like had to say his name before because it's just printed on a screen. So I hope I'm pronouncing it. It's T A I M S Collection. So I 
presume that's pronounced Thames. If it's not, I'm sorry, dude. You're a good guy. I don't mean no harm. <laughs> but he asks, uh, apart from being cool, what do superheroes mean to you? I mean, how do their themes and messages influence you in how you act in life? Now, obviously, Kirk, we, we talk a lot about superhero stuff, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it makes sense for superheroes not to only just be lighthearted fun, but maybe a bit more. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, for, for me, it's just sort of a, a very fun, uh, sort of like helpful message of people doing good. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone kind of needs that in some shape or form, whether it's superheroes or just heroes in film or books or video games, whatever. You know, it's something to aspire to in a way, whether that's over the top action or small good deeds. And I think that's, I guess, the easiest way to explain it, right? It's just, it's just positive. You know, it's just a positive image of people doing good things. And that's going to influence you in a way of like, man, I should be positive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think anything where you have a protagonist against an antagonist, if it's a good story, it'll get you invested in some way. And superheroes is just the most ultimate version of that, because you have people who are literal heroes saving people and villains doing dastardly things and trying to stop them from saving people or what have you. So, yeah, I mean, I think just that it's bare bones its core nature it's good versus evil and that is always going to be compelling yeah exactly it's it's a it's a tale as old as time mm-hmm. it'll continue way after we're gone and it's been around for for a hell of a time so yeah i think that pretty much sums it up yeah uh we've got one more question from instagram here from uh harry garden he asks what do you think of the flash and arrowverse finally ending this year with the ninth season uh it's incredible that it lasted this long um it's no secret that you and i are not really fans of like the cw Arrowverse, at least for quite some time you know maybe back in the day but things change um but you can't deny that like the flash tv show and all that stuff existed for a very long time and that has its place in and not just like DC history, but like media history. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a period where there were multiple, you know, not just like, you know, Smallville. People always praise that for for sort of starting this thing off and for good reason. You know, it, it has its place. But there was a point in history where it's like there were multiple intertwining superhero television shows at one time. And for some people, like that was their DC universe. Mm-hmm. The same way we grew up with like the Batman animated series and whatnot are watching the X-Men cartoon crossover with Spider-Man. People will grow up and be like arrow flash Supergirl. That's my DC universe. So while I couldn't care less about it being over, it's got its place <laughs> in history. So that's, you know, something. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think back to those early days of arrow and the flash and uh, how exciting that was. And when legends of tomorrow first started and, um, it felt like, wow, look at this thing taking off. And there was a time where, you know, before Disney Plus and the Marvel shows that are on now, Marvel's main show was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And at the time, it felt like, you know, Arrow versus Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Arrow was the show that people seemed to be a little more into. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I, look, I didn't watch all of both of those shows so i can't really comment myself but um i really enjoyed uh the first couple of seasons of arrow and then the third season uh lost me and halfway Same. through the second season i think of the flash it started to lose me so 
<laughs> I'm not the best judge of this, but I uh, appreciate that it lasted as long as it did. <laughs> it's an impressive run, so you got to give them that. But it's over now, so we just got to have life deal with it. Uh, going back to Twitter, we have a question here from uh, Christian Kim. Good guy. Uh, Kirk, I'll, I'll let you start off with this one. Sure. Now that James Gunn and Peter Safran are the new heads of DC, what projects would you like to see the most? Yeah, this is an interesting question because I think a lot of DC fans are thinking about this. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I think my first thought is that we don't need another Batman like universe going on the same time as the Matt Reeves Batman films. Um, mm -hmm. So I think this would be a good opportunity to do what I think... Snyder was trying to do, but I don't think did well enough, which is have an older Batman, which means that we can do stuff with a bunch of the other characters from the Batman universe. We're all Nightwing fans here, um, and I'm not saying that Nightwing needs his own movie, but uh, if you had the right people involved, like I'd be interested in seeing what someone would do with that um, and not have it need to be connected to Batman or to the Titans, please God. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so th that's one. Um, I mean, I would like to see Superman done well in, like, a... Obviously, we know that a Superman film is being written, but, but one that's a lot more kind of lighthearted and, and optimistic would be nice. Uh, what else? Uh, I mean, this is kind of cheating, but, like, I, I do think that Jason Momoa as Lobo is, like, really good casting. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be interested in seeing that. It's it's undeniable. I guess that's the the thing is hopefully seeing a nice balance of these heavy hitters and also the the, the lesser known folks because mm -hmm. that's what makes a lot of the gun stuff really work is these lesser known people. Um, I know he's been teasing certain characters like Dead Man mm -hmm. and Mister Terrific, and I I think those are all genuine options at this point. I I think that nobody's off the table. Um, I agree. I don't think we need a new like a Batman story the same way we already have Batman films. If we want to do more, you know, Bat family stuff or have him in crossovers or team ups or, you know, just that, that kind of stuff. I think that would be a, a smarter decision, but uh, yeah, I think this is the time to really branch out. I would love to see something justice league dark related. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I feel like I see Zatanna's name trending all the time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, I think she's a character that really kind of deserves to to have her moment in the in the spotlight in a way. Like she's she's great, and I don't I don't know exactly what they're planning on. I know they previously announced the Constantine sequel with Keanu Reeves. Mm. I don't know if that's still going to move forward. I I've heard it hasn't been canceled, so who knows? But yeah, I I ultimately I just want to see good stuff no matter what it is and not the same kind of stuff I, you know the easiest answer is like i want to see green lantern like because <laughs> sure. of course i do but really i'm i'm up for anything at this point because i feel like it could be anything different it, it could be something i i'm excited to see whatever the first project is because that'll mm -hmm. set the tone you know like to see where everything could go because if if he comes out of the gate with superman whoever's directing it i know he's writing it but if they come out and Superman's good and it's the best Superman movie since, you know, 1978, <laughs> then then I then that'll be great. You know, that's not exactly hard competition, but it'd be nice if that could happen. Um, I, I feel like we talked about it off mic, but like every new Batman movie is the best movie since The Dark Knight. 
which yes. was the best movie since 89. And you know, like <laughs> that's always been the case. But for Superman, we have we don't have like a bunch of really good Superman movies. We kind of have like one good one and then everything else of that is like debatable. I like Superman too. Yep. But that's kind of a weird Frankenstein's monster project yeah. uh weird thing. Um there's aspects I like about Superman Returns. There's aspects I like about Man of Steel, but like I wouldn't call either of those the definitive Superman film like the first one. So I mm-hmm. mean, if we could we could just get like a good Superman movie, I'd be happy. Let's 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 start there and yes. see where it goes. I will just add real quick since like Gunn did such a good job with the Suicide Squad, and you said again like lesser known characters. I think something like that could be done. I've, again, off mic, I've spoken to you that I had this idea for a movie years ago, where kind of like what Marvel and Netflix did with the Defenders, where they took four characters who weren't really like well-known members comic book-wise of the Defenders, which was like yeah. Silver Surfer and, and people. Um, so I, <laughs> I just I started talking about this, and then the other members left my brain. Um, so I was thinking you could do something like that with uh, The Outsiders. Uh, again, like speaking to Nightwing, if you don't want to just give him a solo film, because then it does have to conjure up Alfred and Gordon and Gotham and like all of this stuff, then you could have him running the Outsiders, which he was the leader of the Outsiders at one point. Um, Batman mm-hmm. led them at one point as well. But, uh, you know, and then you could have maybe a couple of kind of well known characters, maybe like a Green Arrow and Black Canary there, um, and then throw in some of the lesser known characters. You know, this just pops into my head because I kind of don't want to see him go away because I found him really entertaining. But John Cena's uh, Peacemaker, like you could throw him in there or something like that. Um, I th- I'm guessing that he'll be crucified if he keeps anyone and it's just his own people gun. <laughs> but uh, I would not be sad. It, apparently Peacemaker's going to be in that Green Arrow comic book coming up. He was on that cover that yeah. they released. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that just... And just it's it's funny because uh, on that cover, Roy Harper kind of looks like his late 90s, early 2000s self. Did you notice that? I did. He kind of looks like how he does in <laughs> Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Roy Harper, that's another one that you could throw in there. If, yeah, so I don't know. There's, um, I think that would be kind of a cool idea. Again, I just threw out a couple of characters. Uh, some of the lesser known DC characters I'm less familiar with, but throw some of those guys in there. That could be fun. Yeah, you could put Metamorpho on the team. There's a whole lot of stuff that you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess ultimately we'd, we'd like a Green Arrow movie that isn't like <laughs> yes. Batman. You know, that, that would be... That'd be cool. That show was fun when it it was basically a Batman ripoff. It was a good Batman ripoff. Yeah, that's the thing. Know, but... It was a good Batman ripoff. But I would like to see yeah. a Green Arrow that's a lot more like Green Arrow with the comics. It's a lot more swashbuckling and uh, and charismatic and yeah. So get Simon Baker and liberal, you know, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Christian also asks, Anthony, any expectations on Osama Sentai King Oger, which is the upcoming uh, Super Sentai over in Japan? Mm. I think it looks dope. Those suits look fucking awesome. Um, okay, next question here from <laughs> uh, Matt. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Matt Hammond. Uh, he asks, what are your most anticipated films of 2023? Any least anticipated films? Um, well, I mean, for me personally, Spider Verse obviously is a, is, is going to be big. Um, Indiana Jones because I'm an Indiana Jones guy. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like those, those are the big blockbusters. Like I'll, I'm excited for things like Shazam two and um, Ant Man and uh, Guardians three is another one I'm, I'm really excited for. But like, you know, like we we get huge blockbusters every year. So like we got a Mission Impossible that's exciting, mm-hmm. but everything else is kind of like a you know we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know, not a whole lot I guess, but. There's a movie coming out like every week this summer, so I'll be busy. Everyone's making up for the fact that we <laughs> we're finally catching up, essentially. Yeah, and uh, streaming services did not take over, and cinemas are kind of doing okay. So it's like everyone's yep. prediction of what was going to happen after the pandemic didn't exactly happen. Spider Man ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Spider Man killed, killed him. him. Yeah, I mean Dune Part Two, uh, Oppenheimer. Super excited for Oppenheimer, of course. Yeah. Barbie, looking Barbie, forward to that. yeah. And same like you, you know, Spider Verse, uh, Mission Impossible. I'm curious about Creed three, uh, with Michael B. Jordan directing, uh, following in Stallone's footsteps, which is kind of neat. I'm I'm curious about that because I like the the Rocky films. Um, <laughs> there's a film called Inside, uh, where Willem Dafoe plays an art thief and gets trapped inside a New York penthouse with this expensive art piece. And uh, I think it's just oh, okay. I think it's just him in this one location. I'm excited for something like that because that sounds like it'll be pretty fun because I love Defoe. Uh, David Fincher has a new film coming out this year uh, called The Killer, uh, and I love a good Fincher film. And uh, Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton are in it. Ooh, okay. Yeah, now I'm interested. And it's funny, like Fassbender, I legitimately don't think he's made a film since. Dark Phoenix. I don't think he's actually had a film come out in a long time. But even before Dark Phoenix, it had been a while since he was in a really good film. I think legitimately it was Steve Jobs, which we are both big fans of. Fassbender is due, because he's always great performance-wise, but he's due for a great film, and and I love Fincher, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yeah, like obviously like stuff like Indiana Jones and the MCU films I'll see, and and Shazam, but uh, honestly, like I kind of discover films throughout the year like through Sundance or other film festivals or something that you don't even hear about yet and don't wind up on people's lists at the beginning of the year but then they they get good word of mouth and buzz true I look forward to to those films that uh, we don't even know about yet no in terms of least anticipated um I feel nothing towards that Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie oh yeah yeah I forgot about it's like that and like there's a Hunger Games prequel coming out that's right and i forgot about that too. it's like huh okay I, i'm sure someone's gonna see that like i'm sure that has it's one of those things where it's like that'll either have like a really surprisingly decent box office or no one's gonna see it because they all forgot about that franchise already but you know maybe the first trailer will hit because like um the new transformers trailer it's mm. like one of the highest viewed trailers online in recent years really and it's like really <laughs> Like, why? It's just I've a, not watched it. Yeah, it's just a fucking Transformers trailer. Like, who, who cares? But apparently, people are ready for more Transformers nonsense. So, mm. like, that's happening. There's a new Pixar film coming out that I have no interest in. Elemental. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of big stuff. It's funny to me, especially with the Wonka movie, because X-Men Origins' Willy Wonka just doesn't sound like anything I'd ever want to watch. And... It's funny that it's Timothy Chalamet, who's like this person that, you know, he's like got on the record saying like, I don't want to do superhero movies. And it's like, motherfucker, why are you doing this Willy Wonka origin movie? I mean, yeah. that just comes to mind as like that movie. Who gives a shit? 
But you're right, there's a lot of stuff as well. So, sorry, Wonka. Maybe you'll be great. <laughs> Matt has another question here saying, Kirk and Anthony, what would you consider to be a perfect date movie? The girlfriend and I are always looking for some fun options. Um, I think anything sort of like classically funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say sort of gauge what your your significant other is sort of into comedy wise. And I think just sort of like a classic, like you mentioned when Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. you know, um, Ray and I watched that uh, relatively recently at some point within the last year, I'd say. And um, yeah, that's just a, it's a, it's a classic, funny, good movie. And I think that's really easy to watch with people, you know, if they're fun, like a, a fan of like sort of fun parody stuff, maybe some Mel Brooks, you know, yeah. like a lot of those hit really well. Uh, so, you know, maybe don't go too hard into something that is it, it may, sh- you know, they may not like if it's too crass or too weird. Um, you know, if you've got a gauge and they, they seem like the kind of person that would like Kung Pao under the fist, <laughs> you know, maybe do that, but maybe don't start with that. Just saying, but I think that's the safest bet. A nice sort of classic, funny comedy film. Yeah, I agree. I think there's this perception that uh, a date night movie has to be a romantic movie. And I don't think that necessarily is the case. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think obviously when Harry Met Sally is, but I think you know the comedy aspect of that is what part of what makes that so fun um i watched that twice yeah. last year apparently i was looking at my stats on letterbox and i went <laughs> oh i watched that twice okay um, that's right so uh yeah a, a movie i just watched for the first time this week is a film called death trap uh with michael Caine and christopher reeve speaking of superman and uh that i think is like a good date movie um maybe it won't seem like it at first when you uh first watch it but i think something that's like got a little bit of mystery to it uh, is a fun date movie um because it's the sort of thing that can make you go like oh like together or like you can work out what's happening together and it gives you something to discuss with someone during a movie if you want to do that so like a film like a knives out for example i think is good for uh, a date night as well so yeah, I think yeah, uh, totally. I think whodunits and, and mysteries can be good date night movies too, but like ones that have a little bit more of a sense of fun and uh, and a sense of comedy, not Zodiac, for example. <laughs> Unless you know, hey, you're just trying to maybe if you're trying to like uh, catch their vibe and, and show them Gone Girl and just kind of like keep a side <laughs> eye the whole time to see what if they start taking notes at some point, you know, maybe that's a bad sign, but. Yeah, and, and, you know, once again, I think it all circles back to how well you know this person. It sounds like you and your girlfriend have watched quite a few films mm-hmm. at this point, Matt, so you probably have a good grasp on it. But, you know, it, if you if you have a favorite film and they've never seen it before, it can be kind of heartbreaking to show someone a movie you really love and oh, have yeah. them not have any sort of attachment to it. Yeah. It happens, you know, it's just how things are. No one is 100% going to agree on everything, so... Just be aware of, of that. Don't start off with your favorite movie. If you really love Back to the Future and it's your life and you, you show them Back to the Future and they're like, eh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> All right. Uh, still on Twitter, at Groovy Spiderhand. T. Hamill has entered the chat. Uh, he asks, what new hobby or interest have you picked up in 2022? Kirk, do you have an answer for this? Yeah, I really tried to think of an answer for this, because, and I started going, oh my god, did I do nothing in 2022? Just before the pandemic, I'd started collecting Blu-rays, 
um, I decided that this is just going to be something that I do. I'm just going to start buying my favorite movies because as great as uh, streaming services are or the ability to rent them on Apple or YouTube or whatever, um, sometimes you just can't find the movie. And I mean, a big thing that used to be fun with uh, DVDs was special features and commentaries and things like that. And a lot of that stuff isn't there uh, for streaming services. So I started buying uh, Blu-rays and that has been kind of my main hobby over the past few years. Um, I haven't posted a photo online for a while of the whole collection. It's difficult to get a good photo of a collection where reflective plastic is a big part <laughs> of the collection. Yeah, um, that's fair. Because like, for whatever reason, just the lighting in, in the room just, you know, doesn't... It's harder to see some of the titles when it's a really wide photo. And then when I turn on the flash, obviously, uh, it bounces off of the reflective plastic. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess just... Uh, Watching movies, I try and fill gaps in my film knowledge. That is something I did start doing last year, actually. Um, you know, there'd be films I had heard about forever and just I'll get around to it eventually and never would. I tried to actually get around to them last year. And then as a result, I went out to purchase them. So, uh, again, not to sound too obsessive about movies, but <laughs> I guess that's been my main uh, hobby over the past year. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm a major toy collector, so like, it, it's kind of hard to pick up other hobbies, you know, in that regard, because all my focus is on five, six, seven toy brands at a time. Um, that being said, as I talked about on the podcast previously, I saw Frozen for the first time in 2022, and I don't really think it's that good of a film, but <laughs> I love it. I think... Frozen is quickly climbing up to be one of my favorite Disney films. Wow. And it's one of those films where I don't really like... Like, if you ask me if I thought it was great, I'd be like, no. It's, like, a fine movie. It's solid. I think it's worth showing people, but I don't think it's that great. But I do love it. I think I, I, I genuinely love these characters and things. So there's that. That's my answer, I guess. Your hobby was Frozen. Yeah. Uh, Christian Kim also asked... He had another question here. Kirk... Ten years later, what is your reflection on what did we do? And I'm interested to hear the answer to this. I hate what did we do. <laughs> I know. I'm so embarrassed by what did we do. I, I, I wish it wasn't all online for people to see. I just, I, I got rid of it all for a reason. Sorry, Frank. Um, I just. <laughs> Some of it's still funny. Like, occasionally I'll still, like, post something on Twitter that's, like, like a silly memeable thing that, you know, would have fit sure. back then. But so much of it. Because, like, I'm trying to fill whatever time frame you know, or length of video I put in my head at the time. And a lot of it is just so unfunny and so cringe. And that's comedy to a lot of people. Like, it changes with time. Senses and humor and, and taste in comedy shift with time. And uh, yeah. nothing is more evident of that to me than the nonsense I was making in 2013 on YouTube. Um, I hate what did we do with a passion. <laughs> Sorry if that's not the answer everyone most, wants to hear. Most of it is is probably really bad. I still think the the wedding episode, the finale, really, if you will, even though I think there were some more upset up afterwards. Yeah. Uh, the finale, I think there's still some good stuff in that um mm -hmm. 
if anything, that's the one to watch. The rest of it, there's some bits here and there that are still still good, but that's the one that I I can I, can, I still think of random bits from it to this day. Um, so yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad you answered that. If you're a more recent audience member of ours and you were not watching us back in 2013, don't look it up. It's not worth it. <laughs> it was superhero themed YouTube poop stuff. All right, we'll we'll move on. Uh, Captain Iron Dog had mm-hmm. some questions over here on Twitter. Uh, these questions are first for you. What was it about Cyclops that made him such a favorite character of yours? Mm. Yeah, it was interesting to look back at why that's a character I love because I became a fan of the X Men when I was really really young. I think I first started watching the animated series when I was like four years old. So um, that character imprinted on me if you will at like a really young age and growing up hearing that people didn't like cyclops was like so weird to me because like how could you not like he's like the main character why would you not like him um (laughs) but i think the way he shows up in the first episode of the show of the um the animated series a sentinel has taken out gambit rogue and storm and cyclops shows up to save jubilee and he uh, decapitates the sentinel with his optic blast and like i think as a kid i thought that was super cool and then as the episodes continue he's one of the characters with the most interesting character arcs he's got this burden of being a leader um and he has to make the tough choices where he has to leave beast and morph behind to save to save the rest of the team and that doesn't sit right with wolverine in particular and um, I, I think I didn't realize it at the time that that was interesting, but subconsciously, I guess I found it interesting. And um, yeah, so I guess just being young and impressionable and, and, uh, and just finding him cool was what made me a fan initially. <laughs> and as I got older, again, being the leader, he sometimes has to make tough choices and that makes you not popular. And that has made him not popular with readers sometimes. But I think throughout the... 2000s, late 2000s especially, um, he had some really interesting stuff as leader, like a real tactical leader where he'd really taken over Xavier's role, being the overseer of the X-Men, who are the main saviors of mutant kind, and he takes a lot of Xavier's mentality, and he takes a sprinkle of Magneto's as well, and brings it together to for a lot more realistic, uh, a lot more plausible reality. You know, he's an authoritarian, which again isn't always popular, but is an authoritarian of a minority, basically. So, um, yeah, I guess just as time has gone on, a lot of writers, Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker, and you know, as unpopular as he may as he may be, Joss Whedon, like a lot of writers, found a way um, to take that and make that make you root for him. There's always like stuff I would recommend to read Cyclops wise, like there was just a couple of years ago, a really good one-shot. Um, I think it was called Marvel Snapshots. They were doing, like, one-shots on a bunch of characters. Uh-huh. And it's about Cyclops when he was a teenager, because you forget sometimes that in the 60s, when the X-Men were created, they were teenagers. Like, they were significantly younger <laughs> than Iron Man and the Fantastic Four and, and Bruce Banner and that. So, um, like, Cyclops, I guess, is technically, like, the same age as Spider-Man, which you don't really think of. But yeah, true. It, it talks about... It shows him being, like, a big fan of Reed Richards. And, uh, and Cyclops' first time, like, saving people. And then eventually, you know, growing up to be, like, on the same level as Reed Richards. 
So, uh, yeah, really good story. Um, the, the Brian K. Vaughan uh, four-part miniseries from the early 2000s is really good. Yeah, and then, like, the House of M, Messiah Complex, Second Coming, that stuff during the 2000s, that's really good. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what makes him like you know so cool to me, but uh, I guess I just find him a fascinating character. He's got a lot going on. Yeah, you know, if you if you dig into it, yeah. there's there's some potential there. People calling him like a boring character or an unlikable character. It's like to me, it's like being a Batman fan and saying that about Jim Gordon. It's like how can you not like Commissioner Gordon? It's just that's kind of what it's like for me. If you're an X Men fan and you don't <laughs> like Cyclops, it's very strange to me. Yeah, and if you're a Batman fan, you don't like Jim Gordon. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, what is it about films in general that you love? That's quite a, a big question, I would say. Yeah. And here, I'll, I'll say, he, he has a second question that you can kind of combine it with if you'd like. Sure. When reviewing a film, what are the qualities that you look for when giving it either a positive or negative review? I guess I've started to become more of a fan of films that I think do things in a really interesting way. Um, really by-the-numbers movies that are, like, totally passable and totally fine. I just don't really have a lot of interest in now. Um, like we talk about this with music or celebrity biopics a lot like that Whitney Houston film that's out at the moment that just looks super standard as hell. Um, haven't seen it, can't comment on it, but I find myself drawn to films that I think like, man, this filmmaker really had a very clear vision, did things really interesting. Sometimes films that people don't necessarily love, um, because they, they think they know what the filmmaker is saying, you know. I find interesting as well because it's a matter of interpretation. Men, that uh, Alex Garland film was a lot like that this past year where a, a lot of people's thoughts on it were like, oh, we get it. Men are bad. Like, say something else. And it's like, I don't know if that's what he was saying. Like, I, I so yeah, it's, I find stuff like that uh, compelling and interesting. Um, so I guess if you're a filmmaker that does things where I go like, oh, that was cool. That was neat. That's different. That might be what I'm a little bit more drawn to now. Some variety, something unique, mm -hmm. something you've never seen before. Because that's what, you know, movies are, you know, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's like anything else back in the day. It's about creating an attraction. So if you want to bring people in to the, the circus tent or whatever, or the amphitheater, mm -hmm. you want to create something that they've never seen before to grab their attention. Movies have to do the same thing. They have to evolve and bring something new and interesting to the to the table yeah whether it's lighthearted fun or deep introspective stuff like it, it's it goes both ways as long as it's new and interesting then you've got something yeah i think that's part of why so many people were so attached to everything everywhere all at once you've never seen a film like that before you know like even some of the, <laughs> right. the criticisms that i've heard people have of it don't really bother me because the experience of the film is so different to anything else um, so when you get a film like that, it's something that I think should be celebrated. Um, and when I look at a lot of my favorite films of the year, a lot of them have qualities like that, where I go like, yeah, that's not like anything else that I watched during the year or whatever. And like Tar and Nope and Decision to Leave and The Northman, like a lot of those films that I really loved this year just felt different to a lot of other stuff that we get, I guess. And maybe why I didn't like the Fablemans as much because that felt a lot more schmaltzy to me. All right, fair enough. Uh, he, he does go on to ask me a series of questions, mm -hmm. so I will go ahead and answer those now to the best of my ability. He says, what is a toy line from the past that was unknown or overlooked that should be revived? 
Uh, I think that's kind of interesting because I feel like in terms of like big IP stuff, as I sort of mentioned at the top of it, everyone sort of has a lot of toys uh, and a lot of figure lines and all these sorts of things. So I don't know if necessarily any of that stuff deserves to be brought back because uh, it's all still here. Um, and then everything else is is like so unknown that it's, I think there's a good reason that it isn't around <laughs> anymore. So I think it's kind of tough, but I guess my, my biggest thing is to sort of keep uh, variety alive. I think that a lot of toy lines for, you know, they, they try to balance the line, whether it's like adult collector or if it's for kids and it can be kind of tough because you'll have like toy companies that can't make the same quality as some of the higher value stuff, but they're still making like adult oriented things. Mm-hmm. Um, to bring it back to Ninja Turtles, um, but Playmates still makes, and they just announced like some new figures, like six inch scale ish. I think they're roughly around that size. Um, Turtles figures. They they announced like a Shredder. Um, uh, maybe two of the turtles. I can't remember which. Forgive me. That's like a trench coat and hat, like a disguised look, and I think like a triceraton. And it's it's like those figures amongst the millions of other turtles figures we have. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're wasting your time doing stuff for the adult collector. Why not make fun stuff for kids? Like, you know, keep the the gimmicky sort of like weirdo stuff alive. You know, when when it when you're a kid and you can find something that's like translucent or rocket firing or whatever, I think that's fun. You know, as a kid, there was some stuff where I I definitely did want screen accuracy, even as a little boy. You know, mm-hmm. I if I had a bunch of Batman's, the one Batman I play with the most is the one that looked like the thing from the movie. Um, <laughs> but you know, if if the you know the Mr. Freeze figure I had based on Batman and Robin came with like he had like a little vehicle that was like a, a lay down kind of like three-wheeled vehicle thing and it had like spiky wheels and whatnot and that wasn't in the movie and I still played with that and had fun with it so I I think uh, to get away from just specific brands or toys in general I think it's just about being refreshing and and fun for like a kid's line um i think there needs to be a lot more like and i know this sounds like a silly thing to say but like affordable stuff i feel like so many toys are like hey here's a new toy line each figure is 25 bucks and i'm like well, i'm not gonna fucking try that out <laughs> at 25 bucks like uh, i can't just try something out for that but if you can have something a bit more like affordable that's like hey you can try this figure out and if you like it you'll buy the rest then you can you can move on from there so i think that's it's just more like fun factor toys rather than the high end stuff that, that people are really focusing on. Cause I don't know if you saw, there was like an article that was like adult collectors make up 25% of the fucking market. <laughs> um, and it was a little misleading. Cause I think like they were including um, like 12 and up mm. as like the adult market. And that also includes like, like, um, I think like Legos and dolls too. Right. So it's like not just Marvel Legends. It's not like, you know, a good chunk of the 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 market is adults buying Marvel Legends figures. It's it's just toys in general and it's not like grown ass adults. And um, as someone whose girlfriend recently got into collecting dolls, uh, sort of officially, 
uh, she's a, a toy collector. She collects all sorts of stuff, but now she's actually collecting like brats and Monster High and stuff. I feel like dolls are just way more acceptable to be a collectible thing. You know, like grown women buy it, little girls buy it. Um, you know, Smithers. I was gonna say like, Mr. Smithers. Don't don't leave him. There's out. a wide <laughs> range of, of people that want to get that new hat. So it's uh, that's a little misleading. Um, I don't know exactly where I was going with that. It's just that like. <laughs> Yeah, there's a focus on adult stuff right now, and um, I feel like people need to sort of cool their jets in a way. That's what I'll say. There. Yeah, because I just to add on to that, I think adults have collected quote unquote children's things or been into children's related things forever. People act like this is a new thing, but any adult with disposable income who can spend their money on stuff that they want, whatever they want to. Um, are going to it's just that now we have i think social media where people like make money off of this stuff like people make money off of making videos about toys or instagram accounts where they do whatever so i think that's the difference um i think these people have always existed true that's my opinion <laughs> his next question here is has your pitch for a green lantern project changed much since james gunn took over for dc studios uh nope it is uh it is not um i've I've teased this before this idea that i have for a a series of green lantern films which i kind of put on the back burner because my mind got really tracked on like superman movies um (laughs) and what i'd like to do with those but yeah someday i'll we'll do an episode where we sort of give out pitch ideas i would love to do that but I'll, i'll go a little bit in like for green lantern i i just sort of had this general idea of having these sort of already established uh, sort of group of, of, of team that has like a kind of like a like an aliens vibe of just sort mm. of like people on a ship kind of thing where they all feel like real people and they have like an already established camaraderie kind of going on. Um, and it was it was how it was John because you need to do both. I don't understand this whole debate. Just do both of them in one movie. It's so <laughs> strange to me um you do those two you do kilowog because you need your big muscly accent guy um you do cat matui as uh you know you're uh, kind of like gamora s she's intelligent she's fierce she's a uh, john stewart's love interest and you do uh arisia or arissa i don't know how to pronounce the character's name because you don't say it out loud it's in a comic book um and you don't do any fucking weird shit with that I know what you people are thinking about. I'm not saying everyone approves of it, but we all know what I'm referencing if you know what I'm talking about. You have those people on the team. It's it's five lanterns on a team. And we sort of... uh, I don't want... And it's weird because there's that part of your brain that's like, this is what people want, but this is what I want to do. I don't want any... I don't want red lanterns. I don't want... Uh, yellow lanterns. Like I don't want any of that stuff in the first film, which is like the problem with the first Green Lantern movie, right? People wanted Sinestro. People wanted the the Blackest Night stuff, and it's like I don't know. I feel like that needs to be built too, and kind of developing the lanterns themselves as characters is a bit more of a priority, and establishing them as like cops. And I mean, you can think whatever you want, but I feel like in today's society, it'd be an appropriate story to tell with Green Lanterns of a universe that is sort of, you know, no longer trusting their, their sort of guardians in a way, you know, both the, both meanings, if you catch my cold. So 
I think that'd be an interesting story is the lack of trust that the universe would have for these sort of ring bearers. And then you spin off into other more lantern-y filled goodness. But I'll get more into it when I have more details. We'll do an episode about it. That's a story for another day, though. Fair enough. He also asked, what's your, uh, from your collection, what do you consider your most prized possession? Ooh, what do I consider my most prized possession? I think I've said before, like, my lantern, just because uh, that was my graduation present to myself. And uh, I got that. Because, you know, I graduated and I turned 18, like, at the, in the same time, <laughs> the same month. So, uh and that's like the height. I worked at a comic book store at the time too. So it was kind of like the height of like me growing up and being a nerd or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, and I, I still have it and it's great. I've, uh, like used it for cosplay once before. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a power battery. It's a lantern. Like he's called the green lantern and he's, he's got to have it. So I have it now. And I think that's pretty swell. Yeah. That's cool. If you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have something in your collection that's like a, a prized possession, your holy grail? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I do have a factory-sealed VHS tape of Batman Forever. Uh, that may be worth thousands of dollars now. Hey, um, I get that graded. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, question. Cause, like, I, I feel like I've kind of steered clear of getting stuff that's valuable, you know? Like, I think, like, all of my stuff has value to me. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I have a couple of things from the X-Men movies, Cyclops-wise. Like, I have the replica of his visor from X-Men 2. There you go. Uh, he's got some more questions here. Uh, what made you guys want to bring back the podcast and have it under a new name? Um, I, I mean, I guess simple answer is Kirk and I talk all the time. Yes. Um, it, because we're close friends <laughs> so, and you know we would talk about the same stuff we always talk about it's like what's going on in the world this week you know whether it's movies or news or or uh wrestling as you mentioned um it was just something kind of like well we we talk all the time and mm-hmm. you know we we still have all like all you guys are still here yeah like we don't do the show anymore and you guys still chat with us on twitter which is cool and um i don't know it just felt like we could bring it back in some shape or form and just have this more casual thing because you know obviously if you're familiar with the old show the solomon grundy which was a weekly show we did the news mm-hmm. and it was you know in a sense uh, a little bit of a ripoff of, of pretty much it and which i was, was not just... aware of eric i wasn't watching your show at the time i swear I, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, fucking the Weekly Planet, like, that's the same shit. Sure, like, yeah. everyone does it. Yeah. Um, yes, and that, like, got really tiresome, and it was kind of a, a secret sort of blessing that that show got canceled. Um, so, yeah, this is just sort of our way of, of letting you guys chat, because we always, when, especially when we do, like, collabs, whether it be with Sam or whoever, we always get comments. It's like, oh, we love listening to you guys and even if it's just like one or two of you it's really fun to hear so i it's just kind of like well we're talking we're having fun if people like it even if it's just a couple people you guys seem to enjoy it so we're gonna put it out there for you guys that's that's really all it is yeah um there'd be times where we would talk and we like about a topic that we're really passionate about like again just us not recording and then we'll finish and we'd be like 
damn, we should have been recording and made that a video because we just you know solved the whole industry's <laughs> issue right there. And like you know, so stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we enjoy talking to each other about this stuff. So the fact that there are people who like to listen to it is really neat. So thank you very much, everyone. Absolutely. Uh, he asks, have you ever thought about having guests on the podcasts? Um, I mean, I, I, we, we've thought about it, but like, I would say no for right now. I'm not going to say never because who knows, but, um, we, we do a lot of different stuff with a lot of different people. Mm hmm. And this show really is just sort of like for us, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, this isn't really a show to have other people on, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess you know, I'm trying not to sound like mean or nothing. I'm like, no, this is private, but yeah, I, this is, this is not necessarily the platform to have other people on uh, for us. We may do other shows or mm -hmm. do other things and maybe down the line, we'll bring some of our other friends on that we mentioned, but for now, this is this is it. It's just us. I mean, fuck, we 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 have someone that listens while we record every fucking week, and she'll never be on this podcast. Like, it's just not where she belongs. It is just for us. <laughs> yeah, a, a part of it as well is, in case you haven't uh, noticed, we're in two different parts of the world, and uh, <laughs> you know, when we record, we record at a very specific time that works for us. And I mean, because it's evening for you and well, now it's it's afternoon for me. Um, it has to be on a particular day of the week. We can't just do it during mm -hmm. the week because we have real-life jobs and things like that. So um, bringing another person into it, that actually just creates complications for us in terms of when we can record. So uh, when we, we would do the, yeah, uh, totally. the podcast with Sam at the end of each year, and Sam is in another part of the world again in another different time zone, <laughs> uh, we really had to... Uh, to organize it to be a time that that suited all three of us not that that would necessarily yeah. happen with everyone that could possibly be a guest but yeah that's uh it's funny looking back at that we made that work so many times england australia and america oh yeah which is which is super fun yeah who's got the night shift who's got the morning shift <laughs> like it was trying to map out all these things not to mention you know like daylight savings time changing mm -hmm. over stuff and yeah it was three different parts of the the goddamn planet um i mean like it, sam you know <laughs> i'd love to be on another show with you for sure but yeah that was a nightmare to fucking try to try to work well out. we made it work we made it work yeah multiple times <laughs> yeah it's just like there was one time where uh something went wrong and my computer just like shit itself and shut down and uh i thought i'd lost the entire recording because uh, yeah, my recording program just it was blank and I managed to find the raw file deep 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 in my computer but um, uh, it was like you know we just recorded for a couple of hours and we got to go through that again we got to figure out a time <laughs> like that was but it, we, we managed to save it so it was okay but um, yeah uh, yeah fun times so no guests <laughs> uh, last question he has here is what is the time frame you guys aim towards when you're recording uh, I see you mean like the length of an episode. Mm. Uh, well, I, I mean, you can kind of go and, and see they're all about the same length. But I, I guess around that hour and a half mark yeah. is usually like the goal. Uh, we don't – it's not like we have to hit it or if we go over, we go over. Like we can make a two-hour episode if we need to. But uh, usually around the hour and a half, I would say. Yeah, that's definitely it. Um, sometimes 
we do go over that because it's a an episode with a lot of topics. So we're kind of aware ahead of time that it's going to be that. But yeah, like 90 minutes was kind of like an unspoken time frame, like length for us. Like we never like sat down and said like, okay, we have to make it this long. It's just kind of wound up that way. And sometimes it is much shorter. Sometimes we, we you know, uh, we edit stuff out for whatever reason, or we edit out pauses or what have you. And uh, every time I say like, there's a lot I can edit out. Uh, <laughs> or um. I say um and you know and like a lot. I'm aware. You've, you've cut out bits. I'm Bits where I'm like looking for the part and it's not there. So like, you know, sometimes just stuff doesn't make the, the final cut. Sometimes stuff doesn't make the final cut um, because there's like, like noise in the background as well. Like that's a really annoying thing. Um, it it might have been the last episode. I didn't realize it at the time, but there was like a helicopter flying overhead. So you just hear this, like in the background, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" Uh, or you know, sometimes I like make note of when like a motorcycle gang will drive past my house or whatever. But um, yeah, sometimes the sound isn't great, and I'm just like, Ugh, "That's embarrassing," and I just like remove the whole bit. Um, yeah, that's generally why that happens. I try not to do that as often as possible. <laughs> All right, well, wonderful. Uh, okay, so we've got our last uh, bit of questions here from uh, Michael Perry over on Twitter. Uh, I believe his, his his profile picture is like C.W. Barry Allen with like Captain Cold glasses on. So <laughs> yeah, that's how I recognize him. Um, he says, Hey, Anthony and Kirk, do you guys think DC should do more audio podcast series with their characters, such as Batman with audio adventures or unburied, sorry, and unburied, for example, the flash or green lantern series on that note, what did you both think of audio adventures? Um, you haven't listened to audio adventures. I haven't. You have though. Haven't you? I, I have, um, I think audio adventures is wonderful. I think it uses the, uh, format extremely well i think it's got a really good cast um i think it's funny without it being a full-on comedy which is great and it balances that sort of uh 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 campy comic booky world while not being purely a joke which is wonderful um it's got jeffrey wright as batman and i think he sounds (laughs) great um and they're they're able to do a lot of new stuff it is its own continuity the same way batman animated series was where it's clear inspiration from all these things and it's an established world but it's a fully realized own version of the dc comics lore um this this last season ended on a cliffhanger scarecrow is the main villain Mm. it's a new take on scarecrow and i thought it was really really interesting it's like a weird take on him and i thought that was very appropriate and a new take on harley quinn and i thought they did wonders with harley quinn probably i guess in terms of new interpretations definitely one of my my favorites since the original you know arlene sorkin version so um i don't i don't know exactly what you do you would have to i haven't listened to the other one which has uh mbaku as batman right am i thinking of that right the unburied really i didn't know that was a thing I think so. Let me double check that real quick. Winston Duke is Batman? I think so. Yeah, Winston Duke. I didn't know this even existed. Okay. Wow. I might give that a listen. Yeah, that's a Spotify one, I think. Yeah, I think you could... I mean, yeah. Why not do it with other characters? Obviously, Superman would be the most like logical choice because it's 
Superman, you know, like it's a radio show, like that's it's in his fucking DNA. (laughs) So you could do that, Um, but you could probably do some like smaller characters, like like the Question or something or Swamp Thing. I think you could really do well in a in an audio format, something that really makes you think about what you're listening to. Um, Yeah, I think you could do a lot of different things about it i don't know it'd be interesting i don't i don't there's nothing like i specifically want but i don't see why they couldn't do more if they tried yeah i think obviously like you said dc they have their their roots uh in radio stuff so yeah i i i'm surprised more people haven't caught on to this especially with something like uh uh spotify being used by so many people yeah i think that's a cool way to get your name out there with certain characters so (laughs) there you go um, and not a, a question, but he did go on to say, uh, he says, I'm still hoping for more episodes. Hope you both have a healthy and happy new year. Been following the grunt since the beginning in love whenever a new episode comes out. A true dynamic duo. So thank you, Michael. We really appreciate the words. You know, we mentioned earlier that it's it's cool that a lot of you guys are still listening from way back in the day or if you're new or whatever. Like, it's 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 crazy right because mm-hmm. we're we're just two guys talking about stuff and you know we started off the show we had made a joke about how it's like well i can't wait for give people a reason to tune out by <laughs> trashing the fablemans <laughs> by saying the new steven spielberg flick wasn't worth my goddamn time um i didn't see it guys those were kirk's words not those mine. are my exact words uh, you're quoting me verbatim they could rewind it they want to check me but you should just take my word for it you're this far into the podcast but I, we, we really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, honestly. we do. Like, of course. Of course we do. It's so much fun. And I hope this year we get to do some different stuff. We always joke about how, you know, this is just us talking about the movies we've seen. <laughs> and uh, that's still going to be true. You know, we're it's the easiest thing to talk about because it's the, the most human thing to do is to talk about media that they've consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I, I've got some ideas for other things. Uh, there's something we discussed last year at this point that we never really got to try out and I'm still dying to try it out. It's a little bit, uh, improv So we'll see if that goes anywhere. If you guys are interested, you know, let us know, I guess. But, uh, yeah, ultimately thank you for sending in your questions and thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you everybody. That's it. Is that the end of the episode? We're done. I think we're done. Oh my God. I think that's it. Anthony, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Anthony Lantern on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Um, I'm all, uh, obviously, Anthony Reviews. We're Anthony Reviews on YouTube. By the time this video, or by the time this podcast is out, I will have a new video out, which is my top 10 figures of 2022. Mm-hmm. So um, check it out. It's great. Uh, Kirk, where can people find you? Hmm? I'm at Kirk Beatty on Twitter and Letterboxd. No more songs. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, damn. Okay. I was going to suggest a new ending, but if that works. <laughs> What's the ending? Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to suggest that you... I was going to say, you give me a character, an iconic <laughs> fictional character, and I will do an impression of them. But we could we could save that for another episode because I think it's funnier that it just ends with me suggesting a new <laughs> a new finale. <laughs>